Welcome to Podcast This Escape, the podcast where we talk about the escape room we escaped from in the previous episode of this podcast, but we didn't escape, we solved a murder! <laughs> we did we a... accused the hell out of we them! We accused everybody. Thank you, Lexi, so much for, for, for putting that room together. It was great. You're welcome, and that was one incredible denouement as well. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. You get a minor insight into how we do things and solve this murder and why uh, we typically just do them on our own so that we can very comfortably edit and take 80 takes with everything because it takes some time. Oh, I had a great time with this. I, I, really I thought it was it. a solid combination and a nice mix of things that made it like a good, solid hour and a bit of yeah. content. It, it honestly, because, you know, you're never sure. It's really hard to do this where it doesn't feel just like an escape room or just like a murder mystery. Like this, I think, did the straddle the line really well. Like it was we were doing a lot of things that felt mechanically like an escape room. But fundamentally, the final puzzle was you probably have enough evidence to solve a murder. Yeah. Do, like, what was it? Who was it? Um, and, and that was lovely. And I felt good about that. I felt, I don't know, it was structured well. It was clear what was going with what and where I should filter my information in my mystery brain or my puzzle brain. Mm. And by the end, more so than in a lot of our Solve This Murders, I felt comfortable going into a denouement and not like a, oh, I don't know, do I have enough? Maybe. I don't know. I guess I'll flounder my way a little bit through this. Mm. And that's sort of the beauty of it being like escape room format is it still had like, it was like the mystery solving was just the final puzzle. Uh, but it still had that puzzle structure that made you very yeah. sure of things. It was really fun. Now, putting this together, you said you 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 play tested this a, a fair amount. You sort mm. of you had some changes to it. What how, what does it look like? How did how does this version that we play compare to previous times you've run it? So the very first um, session that I run of this, um, it was designed for a um, like over the lockdown. I'd started doing a lot of like quizzes and things like that at work and for friends and so on. I think a lot of people did that, but I really always enjoyed the like designing different like like kind of like tailoring quizzes to the people or you know like oh, yeah. activities involved in it and so it's not just a straight up quiz you know and it was around that time that i'd like discovered escape this podcast and solve this murder and i was like oh this is incredible um and that's just that was like kind of like the energy i needed to be like oh i really want to do something fun um so i made this as a christmas event um okay. so it was originally like christmas 21 i think Sure. And that I designed this. So originally the dead body was dressed as a Santa. Um, <laughs> sure. Okay. Was it still on but, a train or was it a sleigh? Oh, yes. The train was still there. The, um, the bones of it are all the same. It's mostly just uh, a skin swap. Santa. Sure. <laughs> but the, interestingly, because I designed that for like a larger group at the time, so I was running it for like 10, 12 people, oh. I actually um, had a much narrower scope on the room. Okay. So there were only three passengers instead of four. Huh. Um, okay. Yeah, the whole Acme Book of Codes and the Tobacco Leaf was a late edition. Um, oh, really? Yeah, that that actually only came kind of into play like this week because I did a playtest with a friend and I found that there wasn't enough of a clear drive or motive or identity basically of the killer. Oh, Tobacco Leaf Killer was definitely an identity. Exactly, and so yeah, that, like the yeah, the how Acme funny! Book of I Codes wouldn't have guessed that. Find. Yeah, yeah that was beautiful. How on earth did you come across that? Google is my friend <laughs> in so did, many ways. <laughs> did you just Google historical codes? So, yeah, um, initially, like, I, rem I do remember this story that I'd heard uh, a while back of 
I think in the 1920s, there was this, um, I think a, a company that was like trading on the stock market and had sent a telegram via code using like five letters uh, or, you know, like a series of different codes. There are so many weird codes and I can share more with this with you later if you are interested. <laughs> but um, essentially, there was apparently an issue where like one of the telegram people at the company sending it made a mistake by one letter and the company lost a load of money in the trade market ah, lovely. <laughs> they accidentally and... ordered uranium yeah something like that and so that was just that, that was a story that i'd like heard of recently i was thinking oh this is a period thing i want to make it more thematic let's go all telegram codes That's it was great look it looked lovely and it was fun to go through an actual page of the old book mm. it was nice to to clearly have like that's what i want uh it, it was it was it worked really well mm -hmm. this may be the actual link to the archive oh thank you oh nice is there if you want to take a look because it's all yeah. searchable like the issue I, I was initially considering just having that as a searchable thing that i gave you oh yeah but, that's oh, boy. 936 pages of codes <laughs> exactly and if you try searching tobacco for example it doesn't it only like searches on the current pages that you're on Oh, oh gosh, yeah, that's tough. And so I was just thinking now, like I, I need to, I need to narrow the scope down a little bit. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, so it was really, it was very nice. So what? Before you added this in, it was just sort of like there was a killer. Did you still have the photo as the as the incriminating mm. stuff? Okay, yeah. So the whole body swap thing and like the motive for the murder was always the same. It was a cover up of a different mm. murder. That was always kind of the initial hook of the yeah. mystery. But yeah, so some of the issues that I kept on running into were either like the didn't feel there was enough of an identity of the killer and also the idea of there not being like a very clear definitive end to the room. Because often in mm. an escape room, for example, if you put that more mechanically, you have a very clear end to the room, yes. which is yeah. you get out the door. Whereas with this, that's not really a thing. So that's where the, the time limit of getting before you get to the station, you have a deadline and then the conductor coming through the door at the end for the denouement. Um, was also a much later mm. edition. Yeah, and it's nice to be able to basically just call it because you know when they have the information mm. they need. You know when they've found all the clues as the gay person running it. So it's easy mm -hmm. for you to just be like, bang, the person comes in, you're out of time, you have to give the answer now. And then you could let them have as much time as they want to come up with it, but you can call it for them, which is, uh, which is nice. For solve this murder, this is one of those things that usually gets cut as we're saying, yeah, I think I've got enough to do something. And then whoever the writer was can go, yep, I believe you have enough for that. So, okay, we're just going to go into this. All right, so I'm going to move to an intro now. The detective walks into the room and mm. all of the witnesses have been gathered and you are allowed to talk now. Yeah. yeah, it's nice so, yeah to, we have to, to do a little bit of murmuring behind you, the scenes to hit the confirm. I don't know if you actually picked up on the little wink to solve this murder. Oh, Wait. I don't. Jay, the, the, the police officer oh. was was Johnny Cools. It was Johnny Cools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew that sounded familiar. Yeah, it was Johnny Cools. <laughs> Everybody loves Johnny Cools. <laughs> Even when we forget that he exists. <laughs> oh, man. When did Johnny Cools get introduced? Um, that was, that was, oh, in your podcast, you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When, when did we use Johnny Cools? I think it was hairdresser. Was, yeah. He popped up. You needed a police officer. That sounds right. And, and so we had one. His name was Johnny Cools. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. But, but he, yeah. he was actually the fourth passenger that I ended up adding in later to the room as well. Oh, gotcha. Because uh, I, I wanted a policeman who would like have notes about the other about the other passengers. Yeah, so it made sense lovely. that a detective would be someone who would maybe keep an eye on their surroundings, make notes, and so on. Yeah, that was nice. 
Yeah, fantastic. I, I, I liked all of your naming of things and people and all of that. There were lots of fun things. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, it's very nice. Was there, was there anything like Danny? I feel like you did very well. Getting, oh really? Oh, getting all you. the connections and uh, I'm glad. Oh, okay. Your idea to search the shoes. Was there anything to <laughs> to 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 hint at that, or were you just going to be like, I'm just going to wait till someone decides to search someone's shoes? Because that feels so specific. It felt. I, I'm surprised I didn't do it earlier. Same with uh, testing the beer taps. I was planning on messing with them a little bit earlier, but I yeah, didn't want to make a. To... I didn't want to make a mess. Yeah, true. I think that's probably but, like that's something that I always kind of like feel is a little bit of an issue with this kind of um, that's the kind of the problem I kept on running into when I was designing it and trying to balance the amount of things that there are in the room. Mm. Initially, is kind of an information overload, which I think is a bit <laughs> of a, an issue still. And then like it's only like once you're halfway through, everything kind of starts clicking together, and it's like, oh, now I know where I am. Now I know who's who. And yeah, I don't I think know. That's, that's probably necessarily. A little bit of a Something there was to some... avoid. Like that's that's kind of like how these it, investigations it go. It depends on the room. That said, I will feel just like little things, like after looking at the chairs, then looking at the coats, and already just being able to make some tiny connections there. That was a good sort of opening. Mm. As an yep, okay, I can but, make little but, dabs of progress. But back to my original question. Yeah, what, the shoes. Did you just expect us to search the shoes? It actually was a thing that I was thinking most people would probably do if they examined the body closer. I think there was going to be another way for you to, like, there were other ways of you kind of, like, that would maybe point towards that person being a uh, hunter, mm. um, the dead body. And then, like, if you kind of go back to check it, you can be like, oh, actually. And then if you hadn't already found it, then I'd mention it then and be like. I mean, it is true that right away you did the stab wound hunting and then we figured this uniform may yeah. have been put on him later. So it would have made sense to invest his, investigate not changed. everything closer. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. true. But I don't know. And I think a part of it was honestly how I drew the body. Look at those shoes. Yeah, those are pretty enticing shoes. <laughs> They're just much too big for his feet. Yeah, you don't big gumboots. Something yeah. you did as well, which was interesting, was um, I th you started the room the opposite way that I actually thought. Like uh, um, oh. a lot of people I, I thought would always normally gravitate towards the seats and the shoot and the tables and so on and start making connections, as you mentioned there. Mm. And so it was very interesting kind of seeing it play out the opposite way and still mm. kind of working. Oh, yeah, it definitely that's, works. That's always the way. Like you never know when someone plays the room what they're going to look at. And it can be really hard when I've had this in, escape, in the escape rooms that I've done sometimes where obviously I know the room will work no matter what they choose to look at first, but the level of satisfaction yeah. might be change yeah it won't feel the same they're not going to go like this and then this oh my god that combines the two things together mm. they might be like this combines two things i don't know anything about and then find them be like wait are those the ones should i go back and try those like yeah yeah it's, it's a it's... tough one to find out i didn't notice anything in this that would make me go oh if only i'd looked at that earlier in that sort of way mm -hmm. I, I found i felt pretty satisfied with i can say went. there's one that i think if we'd done earlier wouldn't have been quite as uh, fun for us oh. is if we'd immediately gone to those beer taps gone boom iron key yeah all right let's go to the locker that's true uh, i'm glad that we waited mm -hmm. a bit on that it was and nice resisted our to, to, to wait for a more thorough search that's true and i think also it was a big part of it was like when like i know how danny writes a room by now right so i know the the sort of the the manner in which i'm expected to to do stuff i'm so predictable so when we have new no not not, not predictable it's like i know that if Oh, but you're generally now, from from this point, you did used to, but now you're much less likely to have one thing of like, I look at this and then I look harder at this. Mm. And so 
but but a lot of people do, right? Because it's a very reasonable thing. It's like yeah, escape asking for searching. methods of searching, right? It's a very classic escape room thing. You never know when you have a new guest, Game Master, their opinion on that. So it was like we did a cursory search. Then we tried out the, just to check, is there anything under the tables? And because there was new information, it was like, oh, now I have to revisit everything. That did then Let's really go push back. me Let's to Let's look closer to this. Let's dig into the ice bucket. Let's do this, that, and the other. Because now I was like, it's like, I know what Lexi wants. And they want me to, to look into this. And they want me to do this. And, you know, like, and so... It changes then. We go back and, and, and re-examine true. and re-look even, and look at the shoes. Even and look at the so, ice, like I wasn't convinced that there would be something in the shoes by searching for that. But I do have to tell you, I was it, it really happy that there was. <laughs> like It made me so happy that that was a successful hunt. I'm going to note to myself, I should put things in my shoes. The reason that I didn't even think that you wouldn't think to look in there, I think it was in the, was it in the beach murder? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, people at Australian beaches put things in shoes. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Did I tell my story about putting money in my shoes then, yeah, too? probably. You're a money shoe freak. <laughs> there was also one interesting thing, which was um, mm. obviously you solved the cipher without needing a clue for mm. it. Yeah. And that was something that when it came to putting people in their seats uh you know saying oh so you know johnny's in this seat glenn's in this seat and so on that kind of makes very sen- a lot of sense from a narrative perspective but it didn't have much game purpose and so <laughs> i say the way that mm. the way that i ended up placing the plus two code into the room was with the seat numbers and the first letters of people's names what? so they actually oh. go if you look at them they go g h i j five six okay. seven eight oh what? That was a very niche one, and I wasn't certain if people were coming, and you rid- figured out the cipher without it. Yeah, that's true. That's harder it's than very the cipher. Niche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why it was oh, kind of like when funny. you discovered the cipher. Wow. It's like honestly, yeah, let's probably just roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I did not draw my chairs and my notes and things in a way that was conducive to that. Do, you know what's mm. the problem for me is I basically did people's surnames instead. I was like, there's Rossi, there's uh, uh. Stack or Stock, there's Coulson. And so I didn't have the same letters for uh. the, because I wasn't looking at first mm. names. Oh man. Yeah. yeah I just I, put names in random places on the mm. page, nowhere near the chairs. Yeah. I think if, if that was something that would end up getting stuck on, I would probably be like, okay, so at this point we have, you know, it'd probably be a good idea to go over where people were sat, who was where. So in seat five, you have Glenn and kind of invite them to yeah, complete yeah. from there. And that's, and this is good. Like when, when people are, are making these rooms or running these rooms, like that's the kind of stuff where if you feel like you need to give hints, sometimes you don't need to like hint, hint. You just need to, one of the best ways to do it is if you restate the information in a way that makes it more catchable, right? So you, so you don't say, I'm going to tell you who's in which seat. This you say, the, okay, so who do you yeah. have in each seat? Like, where do you have Glenn? Where do you have... You know, and you use those names. This and you can is try the and biggest help. advantage of the format that we have is that none of this is intended to be just, all right, uh, yeah, I am just like a computer. I will give you the information that is listed on my notes and not a word, not a tone more. And then you're, it's all on you now. Mm. This is meant to be game master inclusive. You're yeah. part of it. So there's, there's so a good art can, to that. Yeah, you can shift and change things as they need to be. And yeah, that sounds like that's how it would have gone. And it, and it's I nice like a he, good blind cipher. Yeah, oh, it's fun. We got into them. I think it was, I, th- I think it was the Nancy Drew games that got us into them because they they're, quite possibly there's a lot of them where they're just like here's I'll... the note, 
I, I do have to tell you, I've definitely been into well. just like little code books and things yeah. for a well, while. Like, you know what it is? It's because we're the Artemis Fowl generation. A little bit. We had to <laughs> solve the, the, the uh, codes at the bottoms of every page. I All did. The, yeah. All I on my own. Didn't use the internet to <laughs> cheat. That's impressive. Oh. It was fun. I just saw the writing at the bottom of it and there's some code and it said, think fairy, think again. And I went, hey, this ciphery bit looks like it's four words with two of them repeated. And I used that and I went through the entire book with just the letters from those words Ugh. and then found all the others because notice there's no E in there and mm. things like that. So a lot of common letters were missing. And so I had to go through piece by piece and fill them in. And yeah, I've always enjoyed stuff like that. Apparently, no matter how tedious. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, if you're younger than us, uh, it's if you're a Gravity Falls fan, you did the same thing. Sure. There you go. A lot, Probably a lot younger. Uh, for, uh, for Gravity Falls to be the same age for you as... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm not included in this younger demographic, by the way. I just want to make that clear. No, no, because because you're an I am adult. Not young. Um, ah, well, actually, that's like this is a lie. According to every Australian demographic survey, um, 18 to 34 is the cutoff for young Australians. Oh, see, we're young, young, tiny children. We yep. are. Um, I still have one year and five days before <laughs> I'm well. Um, Two years and five days before I am not a young Australian. Yeah, great. Easy. Uh, so, I really liked it. I think we've, we've kind of talked about the, the way it came together. Is there anything else interesting about this room that you wanted to mention uh, in yeah, this What episode? else do you want to brag fun about? stuff we haven't noticed or we haven't talked about? Uh, I'm, I'm not usually like the bragging person. I'm the kind of one to overly fixate on things that I think are bad and that could be better. But, um, yeah, I still feel like... There's just so much of an information dump at the beginning that I think that's probably still a bit of an issue. And I think, like, obviously, the other big problem, which I think that you kind of navigated incredibly well, was that sometimes clues can be just for one thing or the other. They can be for the narrative or they can be for a puzzle. And sometimes it's difficult to know which ones are which. And so, yeah, if anyone at home wants to do something similar, I think just try and emphasize um or have things have multiple uses potentially i think can be maybe i thought that this felt very intuitive in that way I, mm. I thought yeah it was i never really kind of felt like i was like oh what is this because it's like it's it's kind of i don't even know if i separated them too much it was like i just have a series of questions one of my questions is which what like what's the code for this thing and my other question is what's up with the black pants and when I get an answer to either of those, I'm, I'm kind of just as happy. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and some questions feel more murdery and some questions feel more escape room. Weirdly, this is one of those great examples of where more codes is better, right? In, ter in terms of like so often people in escape rooms are like, oh, it's just a series of codes and I wanted something different. But in this one, if it was really that, nice. that that, uh, that clarity of yeah. purpose. Like, it was like, if it's going to tie to a code, it's a puzzle. If it's going to get me a four digit, five digit, or, you know, or like a word... Because those uh, inputs were really clear, mm. it was very easy to be like, well, this is for codes, and then this is for murder. And there weren't any other puzzles that were too, like... Line blurry. Yeah, like, because people often want that, right? Because they know we're just in puzzle mode, so they want the puzzles to start to feel different and have inputs that are about, like, how you would order things in a room or, you know, finishing off a flower arrangement or, or doing something that isn't just a code input. But in this case... It's better to keep the, the puzzles more like these are code inputs, yeah, like, everything else is murder. For example, in an escape room, you might see that in that locker there were three clothes hangers and something might secretly open up if we put clothes on mm. the 
empty coat hanger. There was no, it didn't feel like there was a risk of ambiguity about why we were looking at these clothes. Yeah, we were doing what significance they had. Yeah, I tried to keep everything like within the realm of like pot, of what would be reasonably possible if this was just an actual room that you worked <laughs> into true. and not something that was configured to be a puzzle. Mm. I tried to make it organic. Yeah, no, it feels it feels really good. Look, I don't think there is a problem with too much information overload for this. Like, I, I understand you. Like, I can acknowledge that there is a lot of information. Right? Yeah, it's uh, a murder mystery sort I of thing. Have, it's I've you, definitely been there when describing a room and the objects that people happen yeah. to interact with are really information heavy all at once. And I think maybe you're a bit more aware of it mm. than the players are. But like, there is a lot of I information. Felt pretty, and yet, I felt quite fine about it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was worried when we got, got to the chair and chair eight had several things that I could make notes about. It but did then feel the a rest little like felt we were okay. stacking. In, it was like, okay, I've got my chair section. Oh, and then it's got a bag section. Oh no, those bags have sections underneath them as well. Okay, so yeah, I was worried it was going to feel like that but as soon as we like passed fine. on to chair seven i felt okay mm. about it again like yeah. the image was clear and not that cluttered in my head although i will pose the question right i don't think it was an issue for this room as i'm saying mm-hmm. if you wanted to solve it if you wanted to say okay let's try and like oh, if you wanted drip to declutter the information things. a little bit let's declutter let's try and not have you get so much straight away what do you reckon? Can we, oh, can we no brainstorm idea. any ways that you might do that in the context of this room? Did you Just notice fun, anything, Lexi, as you were going? I mean, the way that I thought about it would be to remove the coat rack entirely, almost, and just kind of have, like, a more clear, instant picture of who the passengers were. So you still have to do a little bit of legroom, hmm. but I think that does also kind of remove that kind of lateral thinking puzzle of just trying to create a profile of each passenger rather than having to solve, you know, ciphers or things like that. Hmm. I kind of wanted... Both types yeah, it of would puzzles. definitely be a sacrifice mm. uh, to get rid of that in the name of uh, what, what? What's Maria Kondo call it? Decluttering? Yes, yeah. <laughs> not uh, Maria Kondo said, word yeah. specifically, uh, but you know, just said, yeah, just declutter. Yeah, decluttering um, was what I was after. I wonder if there's also a way, like even if you don't remove stuff, like if you wanted to gate things, like you could almost have there's like like a staff locker and people lockers maybe you find the keys at a similar time so you you don't have them available at the start and later on you get access to the coats and then that gives you more information about those people and how to identify them so you push back the it's, identification it's not impossible but then the sometimes ransom. but then sometimes you get a feeling of dread when you unlock something and there's too much more that you have just unlocked that's also true so yeah i don't know i felt pretty comfortable with this and Maybe there is a nice way of streamlining further, but as it is looking at my page, I got this all on one page. Fair. I didn't, but I am not used to these, to my new little notebook. <laughs> it's half the size I'm used to. Uh, no, yeah, look, I don't think it needs the, I, the fix. I just can't a fun see anything exercise. immediately to pick at. Yeah. Oh, well, look, I had a lot of fun playing it. We did, I think we did quite well. It felt pretty good. Uh, thank you what so did much. You, what did you think, just ju- judging us? Oh, yeah, how'd we go? Compared Terrible. to all your playtesters. <laughs> absolutely, um, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, I think there was at one point that I was very worried uh, because you were looking at the taps and trying to figure out if there was a code of the names <laughs> one by one. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> they were um, such was... fun names. You should have made them more boring. <laughs> yeah. And so I was kind of worried that you would go down a rabbit hole that didn't exist. <laughs> uh, I think that's sometimes the other problem of having too much information. Sometimes it feels appealing and you think, oh, there could be something there when there isn't. Mm. 
But no, definitely. Um, I think you did incredibly well. And this I, was I think a lot we're of fun not. To run. I think we're not too terrible at examining something for a bit and then being able to say, okay, look, we might have enough information to do this, yeah. but it won't be a problem if we set it aside for now because I'm not sure if we do. Yeah. And as I said before, like that's a thing. That's... And not convincing ourselves that our there own red herring is exactly. definitely correct. Yeah, it's, we, I, I think we're good at, and this is a thing that. I think is a great skill for people who want to get be good at escape rooms or good at these puzzles to do is being able to look at something again, see when it's a, when it's actually a puzzle. To be able to look at it and be like, okay, hold on a second. And that can be is hard. it just first initials? Is it first last? Mm, yeah, no, just try it out. Nah, that's not cursory really anything. glance. If we'll you're not finding anything, maybe you know. it's okay to ignore. But yeah, it's so easy for someone to look at these and say, oh, yep, oh, something about them being empty. Let's look at the first and last initials then, like it's a cryptic crossword. And then even if you ignore it and come back to it later, still thinking that that's really important because yeah. you just got it into your head Coming that back, it was like, something. Well, we did know that these are cryptic crossword yeah. clues. Like we knew it was about first and you're like, no, you didn't. And that's what I think we're pretty good at. I yeah. think we're good at coming up with silly ideas because you never know. And, not catching and then ignoring them when they're clearly wrong. We don't get caught in the prison of our own minds. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, look, uh, thank you so much for coming on and running. Thank you so much. The episode for us. It was lovely. It was very enjoyable. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was, and thank you, Danny, for, for playing a Likewise. room with me. I was Good we, stab solving. did very well. Uh, and uh, thank you everybody at home for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you want to help support the show, uh, you can always, well, first of all, tell people about it. Leave reviews, jump online to various forums, tweet about it. Oh, you can't uh, tweet anymore. I think anymore. it's Fora. Um, yeah, sorry? Fora, not forums, surely. Oh, for, oh, you're right. Go to various internet <laughs> fora. Uh, and and tell people, word of mouth, it's it's the best way to get people to listen to new shows. And you can also support us on Patreon. Uh, that's We don't run ads, we don't do anything else like that. This is how we kind of keep the show running and keep our own lights on and things like that. So if you want to help support the show, anybody at any level can appear as an NPC in one of Danny's rooms. Uh, and if your name is... Uh, Rossi, you are also an NPC in this room, so you better yeah, thank pay you, us some money. Uh, Patreon donor, Arena Rossi. Yeah, you don't exist. I'm so sorry. Uh, but also there's bonus episodes for all of our $5 donors. You can hear playtests of rooms. You can hear us do two-minute mysteries and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. You get early access to all the Solve This Murder arcs as they come out. Lots of fun audio bonuses for the $5 donors. There's a whole series of new monthly vlogs we're doing for $10 donors, including a current oh. series we're doing. We just started doing a series of reacts to escape rooms in pop culture in sitcoms and cartoons yeah, and so things like that fun, oh we're having happening. fun yeah it is good and there's trivia for 20 dollars donors and uh, you can join in on playtests uh if, as a 50 dollars donor a whole bunch of fun stuff so uh, it's a great way to keep the show going and you know support us and support the rest of the community who gets free shows because some people are paying the money to support everybody else you can feel like a like a cool benefactor to everybody else in the world Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everybody, for coming on. And, and thank you, Lexi, for running the room. Thank, thank you, Danny. You. It's all wonderful. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.